You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Title of my message, Success Wherever You Go. And, uh, and just right off the onset, you know, I, j- I just have to, you know, this isn't prosperity message and all that kind of stuff like you think. Listen, God wants us to be successful and prosperous. All right. But that word prosperous is a whole. It's, it's peace. It's joy. It's, it's not material luxury things. He don't mind us having those things. He wants us to have those things. But he, on the inside of us, he wants us to have peace and joy, rest. Come on. And, and so and my deal is nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, man, I, I think I'm just going to be a loser today. I mean, we don't just start out, you know, that's not what we do, you know, and God doesn't want us to be that way, but he wants us to be successful in everything that we do. And so we're going to jump back in Joshua chapter one, and we're going to start in verse one. I'm going to read. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Now, right off the bat, we see that there's no success without successors. God says, Look, my servant Moses died. Now, Moses' servant Joshua is fixing to take over. See, there's no success without successors, so we know right off the bat that we as parents need to be speaking into our kids. For too many years now, we've got parents coming home unplugging and letting Disney and and whatever raise the kid. We we can't do that anymore. We've got to start putting our values into our kids. Come on. Our words ought to be ringing in our kids' ears as they get older. I I laugh. I've been hunting with Jeremy and Zach, and, and it's so funny because I hear Luke's words coming out of their mouth. I hear Luke's words, and they may not even know it, but I hear Luke coming out of their mouth, and it's always funny. We'll be sending pictures around, and and, and, is this deer old enough? Is this deer old enough? No, that deer ain't old enough. And and it's all, and Luke's words is, he's never old enough. And so we always laugh, oh, he ain't old enough, (laughs) you know. And so I hear Luke's, our kids Our words should be ringing in their ears even when they get older because we've imparted into our kids. Come on. So right off the bat, we see that God is establishing there's no success without successors. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross the Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. Look at verse 5. No man will be able to stand before before you all the days of your life. 
Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. And period. God says, I will not fail you nor forsake you. You need to underline that, write that down. Then look what he says in verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now remember, Joshua's name in the Greek means Jesus. So we get the law that shows us where we trespass against God. We get the law that shows us that we're not in right alignment with God's kingdom. And then God tells Joshua that you're going to give the possession. You're going to take and give the possession of the land to the people. Jesus allows us to be able to possess this. Come on. This is our land. See, the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. Everything in the Old Testament physically, naturally, is spiritually for us that we can possess this land. It shows us how. Come on. He says, be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers. Let me say this about Jesus. God, Moses brought the law in. We can't live up to that law. That's why religion don't work. Jesus fulfilled the law. So now we can come to God. Come on, the veil tore, that whole thing. All right. You shall give the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now right off the bat, we see three times God says be strong and be courageous. And then he tells us that many times that we're going to be successful and that we're going to possess the land. So God's trying to tell us we are to be successful, but we're going to have to be strong and courageous. And that word strong and courageous, it, the word strong is physical power, intelligent, intellectual power. We got to get smart about this. See, and that's what gets me about our culture today. They're working so hard to tell us what to think instead of teaching us how to think. They're trying to get us to buy into a lot of lies. Come on. See, we've got to have intellectual power as well. And it also, that word strong also means wealth or talent, and it means extreme. 
See, that's why I'm, I'm not even going to go there. The word courageous, it means to be bold, valiant, brave. It means to be fearless. This is what God's telling us. We haven't been strong and courageous as the church. One woman took prayer out of school. We quit possessing the land. Come on. And it has gone way downhill ever since. See, we hadn't, we are to possess the land. We are to be the ones in the government, not, you want to know why our government's a mess and can't even govern themselves? It's because they're not doing what this word says. Come on. And now we're putting those people in government positions over our children. Come on, are y'all still with me? See, one thing that we know from the very beginning, God's mandate is for us to be fruitful and multiply. But we can't be fruitful and multiply without success. Come on, and possessing the land. And we can't pass that on if we ain't got no successors. See, it, there's, there is a, this whole one through nine carries a demand for legacy. What we pass on to the next generation. God wants us to always be imparting that wisdom. See, we fail to pass on, to be strong and courageous. And Wendy said something the other day that just hit me, I mean, like a rock. Children, you know, the children are our future. No, children are our now. What we put in them now is going to affect the future. And that's why the enemy has been so trying to get a hold of our institutions, come on, through TV, through school, curriculum, the whole gamut. The enemy's pushing. And if we don't start pushing back, he's going to change the whole culture. Only be strong and courageous. God has told us over and over the what, the how, and the why. See, God lays out the conquest. I've given this to you. No man will stand in your way. And he says, I will never fail you nor forsake you. Only be strong and courageous. That's all we got to do. And do what he says. Come on. See, success in possessing demands on us being strong and courageous, trusting God in His ways. First, knowing that He is with us and He won't fail us or forsake us. That's the first thing you got to know. And you got to drill that in your head. You got to remind yourself that every morning. When you wake up, when you go to work, let me tell you something God will never fail you nor forsake you. Because I'm telling you, on your jobs, at school, in the grocery store, at, you're always faced, come on, with an onslaught right. of fear, doubt, worry, anxieties. Come on. All these things are coming against us all the time. All the time. It says only be strong. Listen, and that's hard to remember under pressure. But that's where he wants us to remember it the most. 
when you find yourself in the fire under pressure all the time, it's because God's trying to teach you something. He's never pulling that away from you. He's never pulling the trial and he's never pulling the test. All your life, you're taking tests. In school, you're always taking tests to figure out what you've learned, if you've learned it. You get out of school, you go to, to get a job welding, you're taking a welding test. You go to, come on, pipe fitters test. You go, you're taking tests all the time. It's part of life. You can't get around it. Listen, God set that up. Man wasn't sitting around the fire one day with his sticks going, I think we need tests. No. <laughs> no, God set that up for us to learn, to grow, to learn how to handle pressure, to learn. Listen, and we learn that as kids. Come on. See, how does this relate to us in the new covenant? See, that Old Testament, remember, it's a type and shadow of the new. See, Moses gave us the law. Jesus fulfilled it. So now we can live according to what God has called us to do. Listen, when, when we talk about going to the promised land, we're talking about entering the promises of God. And the promises of God is entering into his rest. Never before have we ever needed rest. Come on. Listen, God said, you're going to enter. When you enter the promised land, you're entering my rest. And when Jesus died on the cross, we were able to enter into that rest, but we're still having to learn how to possess and take and keep it. To be able to, come on. There's always going to be opposition to your rest. How many times have you ever come home, sat down, and then want to take a nap, and then the kids are up wide awake? See, there's always going to be some type of opposition to your rest. The enemy ain't just going to let us rest. Come on. But we've, we learn how to rest in the midst of the battle. Because, see, we learn how to not labor in our flesh. Your flesh will just labor you away. And spiritually now, we have the ability to have victory over this flesh. To say, you know what? I don't have to give in to that emotion, that feeling. I Panic? What? I ain't panicking. They can raise the gas prices. I ain't panicking. God's my supplier. God's my healer. Come on. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And that calling means to invite. We get all freaked out, you know, because we, 
Because when we come to Christ, we think, oh my God, I've got to go to Africa. No. No. You're not going to be caught. No. God is inviting us, come on, to step into what we're designed and built to do. And he says, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints? We're all saints. When we receive Christ, we become saints. Not just because we wear a black robe and walk around swinging smoke. Come on. And what is the surpassing? Look at these words that Paul is using. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? He's just backing up what he told Joshua. Be strong and be courageous for I'll never leave you nor forsake you because I've got a surpassing power toward He's just backing all that up. Look what he says. Who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above, come on now, all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, come on, not only in this age, but also the age to come. Man, it just don't get no better. And he put all things into subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills it. Listen, when we believe and we believe and we go through the trials and the tests, it is so that we can walk and say, cancer, you got to die in Jesus' name. Suicide, you got to go in Jesus' name. Depression, you got to go in Jesus' name. And I'll be strong and I'll be courageous because I have inherited, come on, now, he has got all the authority, all the power, and he gives it to us. And I don't have to be ruled by this flesh making dumb choices that separate me from God, but I can come to God and God will never leave me nor forsake me and no man will stand before me. Come on. That's why it says in Proverbs Oh, my God. That's why it says in Proverbs that the favor of the Lord is better than riches. Because let me tell you, the favor of God will open more doors, get you more permits. Come on. Than money ever will. Because it says no man will stand before you. And that is so important 
because there's men who don't know who God is and the devil hires them out all the time. But now he said right here in the word, he put him high above all rule and authority, physically and spiritually. And when we start bombarding heaven with prayers, this guy's in my way. He's making decisions. Come on based out of the uh, kingdom of darkness, I'm in the kingdom of light. Favor. Our schools will be run by Christians. If we can get a hold of this, our government, will, there's absolutely, I could eat my boot to think one woman took prayer out of school. And we've got all this in our arsenal. We've got a president that can't form a sentence on his own. And we're a Christian nation. You want to be successful wherever you go? Look, I don't even care how old you are. I've watched 13, 14 year olds cast out demons. I've seen the demon manifest itself and go, you're a child. Yeah, get out. Come on. All rule and authority that no man, if we'll be strong and courageous, come on. All we got to do is be strong, courageous, only be strong. <laughs> I, I like it in that one part. It's like he's trying to drive it home. He says, only be strong and courageous and very courageous. So in other words, there's going to be a time when we're strong and we're courageous, but then there's going to be other times we're going to have to only, because when he says only, that may be all you got. I've been in places where all I got, and you ain't even got answers. Come on. See, the number one thing that Jesus tells us is to speak to our mountains and declare the word of God. But too often we don't because doubt and fear sneak up, creep up on us. See, our mind tells us it's foolish. Or our mind tells us we don't deserve it. Come on. Or we don't do enough. Or we don't know enough. Who am I? Or what are people going to think? Come on. That's the number one thing keeping people from declaring God's word right now is, man, what are people going to think? Who cares? Listen, I don't know. I but if the word says it, then I believe it. Come on. And, and I don't care. You're not going to talk me out of it. Because God said it. If God said it, I'm going to say it because apparently it works. 
And we got to start lining this up with what's coming out of here. Because once we start hearing it ourselves, I'm telling you, the most powerful thing is you start reading Proverbs. Let me challenge y'all. <laughs> there's 31 Proverbs. There's 31 days in the month. Start reading them. Today's the 22nd. Read chapter 22. But let me challenge you with this. Read them out loud to yourself and let your flesh start hearing it. It's a book of wisdom. Heck, read the whole word out loud. And bring, yeah, bring, please bring back common sense. Please. <laughs> See, if we want success wherever we go, only be strong, courageous. Start declaring, I own all this. I'll never forget. Change, change my life. <laughs> In Vegas every year, when we'd go to the NFR, we'd have to go, we'd be there two weeks because you have to check bulls and horses in for the NFR the week before that it starts. And so we're there twiddling your thumbs for, you know, till the final start. And I'm telling you, Vegas, it'll wear on you, especially if you're a Christian. It'll wear on you. And I'll never forget. I, I mean, the first couple of years, man, you're just like, oh, God. Yes, it's an NFR and it's but golly, it's Vegas, and it is like, they don't call it Sin City for no reason. But I can tell you this, not everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. There's some things that you're going to bring home. <laughs> Care what they say. But I remember, it's just like, you know, struggling. We had a boy working for us, and I'll never forget. And, and they always give us, you know, we were... I can't remember what part of Vegas we was in, but we was way up high. And, and I remember he just slung the, door, the curtains back and he goes, and you're looking out down the strip and he goes, I own all that. <laughs> <laughs> and God began to work on me. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And then I was like, I own all this. Everywhere the sole of my foot treads, grace abounds more here. The words that I speak, the words that I say are going to carry more weight because we need more grace here. And let me tell you something. We preached and we, we, took, we took over the bars on, on, the, on mornings and we, we, I put my Bible on bar stools and preached. And we did praise and worship. Had I can't tell you how many church services from 1994 until even last year, how many church services we've held in Las Vegas, Nevada. Come on. And the favor. Oh, yeah, y'all just, yeah, help yourself. I mean, they're, they're cleaning up around the bars. Come on. Everywhere the soles of my feet, no man be able to stand before you. Come on. God's that good, y'all. He is that good. Galatians chapter 4. I know there's a lot of reading here, but you've got to get this. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, this is very important. Now, think of this just for a minute. When we get born again, we are just babes, come on, in Christ. 
doesn't matter how old you are, you're just a babe in Christ. And there's certain things God's not just going to dump on you because you can't handle it. That's right. I, I'm not, I'm not giving the keys to my truck. Come on to somebody that can't handle it. Now, most, most of my grandkids can drive, been driving, Peyton's been driving since she's four. But still, I'm not just giving her the keys, right? Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave. Although he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. See, God's waiting on us to learn how to steward. Come on, I, I told a guy the other day, I said, let me tell you why I'm able to stay in Vegas for two weeks and not all the boobs and butts taking hold of me. It's because it doesn't have me. Because he's enough. God's waiting till he's enough. Come on. And then that's rest in the midst. Come on, of sin city. Come on, does that make sense? But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the Father. So also we while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. See, children, children don't know that lying's bad until they don't know being rebellious. Come on. They don't know being sneaky. They don't know none of that. They don't know. And so they, they're held bondage under their fleshly desires, come on, until we have to start imparting into them, hey, that ain't right. That's sin. Fornication, adultery, lying, come on. These are all sins that separate us from God and put, listen, we've got to start telling our kids this is sin and this puts you on a road of cursings and not on a road of blessings. And if you don't get that right, you're going to be held under bondage, slavery to a world. And let me tell you something. If our kids don't understand that now, when they get older, let me tell you something. It wrecks marriages. It wrecks your jobs. It wrecks everything. Come on. We've got to start teaching these kids that what you're seeing on Hollywood is wrong. You can't just go. And this is what I love about this. That's all just elementary things. The elementary things of the world is wiping out generations. Come on. But when the fullness 
of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law in order that he might redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Come on, here's heritage. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. However, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are not God's. See, by nature, there's things that aren't God's, but yet they are in our life and we're held bondage to them. Come on. But we can be set free of all of that. Look what he says. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? In other, listen, this is why religion doesn't work. It, it, it just, and it, it won't work. Look in, oh, look in five, verse one. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And now he's talking about the law. He's talking about the law, talking about religion. And he said, behold, I, Paul, say to you that you, if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. And you can't. You have been severed from Christ. Listen, this is so important. And, and this is where it's going to take courage. And this is where we're going to have to be strong. Because I'm telling you, there is some, there is things that try to keep us in slavery and separate us from the grace of God and it's religion. Come on, all the candles and all the little rosary things and all the hair in the buns and all the, all the don't shave, don't wear, make, don't, all the don'ts. That's all law. I don't know how else to put it. Paul puts it better. Look what he says. He says, you've been severed from Christ. How are you going to be successful and no man stand before you when you're doing all these duties and obligations trying to live under law? I'm going to show you something so important, so vital. You, you who are seeking to be justified by law... See, we do all those things trying to be justified and be more holy. You can't. Come on. You can't. 
You have fallen from grace. That is so gut-wrenching to me because I see very good people who love Jesus. And I'm talking about devoted, devout, who love Jesus, but mentally struggle with being victorious and being successful. Come on. Everything that comes down the pike, oh my God, they just fall apart. Come on. And, and let me say this. It's all our struggle. It, it, it's every one of our struggle because trials and testing are always coming because we're not going to always make the right choice. We're not going to always do the right thing, but we've got to do two things. We've got to say, wait a minute. Is this a faith test or is this an obedience test? Those are the two questions. But what we can't do is we can't start just, oh my God, breaking down. Come on. God doesn't love me anymore. Come on. God, where are you? God hates me. God's not enough. You know, I mean, we go through this whole gamut. I'm not good enough. Apparently, I'm... And it makes us feel like God's failed us. No. Look in Joshua chapter 7. See, we just simply fall off the path of grace and away from Christ. And then we start wondering why we're struggling when what we have to do is be strong and courageous. In this chapter, in chapter uh, 7, and we touched on some of this last week about these five kings. But in chapter 7, verse 6, we're going to see what led up to Joshua putting his foot, having the men of war come put their foot on the back of the king's necks. Joshua chapter 7, the sin of Achan, when he, because Israel was defeated at Ai because one man decided to take what was underneath the band. God told him, when you go to Jericho, everything's going to be wiped out. Don't touch anything in Jericho. Leave it. Well, somebody's coveted gold, some clothes, some different things. Their flesh, what their eyes seen, come on, their desire, they coveted and they took. Well, when they went to Ai, they got whipped. Now, Look in Joshua chapter 7, verse 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell to the earth. This is when he found out that the men of Israel got killed. Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord. He fell on his face. The ark represents the presence of God. Are y'all with me? It represents the presence of God. Joshua falls on his face in the presence of God, 
until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why didst thou ever bring this people over the Jordan only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy? Look, look. we all do this. Joshua in the chapter one, we just read it. Man, Joshua's fired up. We're going in. We're going to whoop them. God said he's going to give us the land. Only be strong and courageous. And the first butt whooping that come along, Joshua's doing the old tear the clothes, the dust on the head, and the God, why'd you bring us out here just to kill us? Come on, if you've never been there, you ain't been a Christian long enough. (laughs) And I can just see God all the time with me going, what what are you doing? And that's exactly what he did with Joshua. Look look what he says. He said, (laughs) verse 10, So the Lord said to Joshua, rise up. Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Here's the other issue we have in this country is that everybody's a victim. (sighs) Makes me want to puke. Everybody's the victim. We got to tear down all these statues of Robert E. Lee. We got to tear down all. Where's this such victims? Shut up. Get off your face. Didn't I tell you that you were only to be strong and very courageous and uh, that I would not fail you nor forsake you. Now, what are you doing on your face? The enemy's always trying to get you looking at the ground and not looking at God. And until we understand that, until we get that in us, one woman's going to take prayer out of school and we're going to have a babbling idiot running the country. I know. But we've got to realize this is God, God, this United States was God's ideal, not the devil's ideal. And God's just waiting on us to start stewarding, occupying, possessing, come on being fruitful and multiplying. And what he started saying in 2020 was get off your face, come on, and look at me. That's That's what he's saying. And there's just no other way to put this. When we rise up, we get right, We stand strong and courageous in faith against fear, doubt, worry. Listen, God will back us up. God will back us up. The next thing you see is Joshua going. We read it last week. And I mean, he got up and they went and they whipped them. Y'all stand with me. 
I love what it says. So Joshua rose early and brought Israel near. He got things right. God told him, said, look, you just got sin in the camp. You just got sin in the camp and you got to get things right. Let me just say this in the day in which we live. God's calling us to the fire. God's calling us to the fire. Moses seen a burning bush that wouldn't quit burning. God was in the fire. It's the furnace of afflictions that burn away all the sin in our life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were at home in the fire. Come on, because God was in the fire. There's nothing wrong with the fire. We just have to learn who's in the fire with us. It's not because God hates us. It's because he's trying to do some work on us. There's nothing wrong with the fire. There's nothing wrong. Listen, here's what I really loved about what God is always doing. It's a partnership. And here's what I love about the partnership. It's not that he's just this big sugar daddy Santa Claus up there. But here's what he tells us. He said, let me tell y'all, you boys, you go and fight and I'll guarantee the victory. See, we have a part. We have a sword to swing. Come on. I said, we have a sword to swing. The word of God. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. When we begin to speak to our mountains, when we begin to speak to our giants, come on, things start happening. When we put our face on God, God, your word says, come on, when's the last time you looked at God? Listen, prayer is a demand. God, your word says, your word says, what did, what did Jesus say? That woman wore that king out till finally he give her. The kingdom of God is like. That's what he said. And I know I'm just a dumb old country boy, but I'm just saying when the word says the kingdom of heaven is like, my ears stand up. You got my attention. Because he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if I want what's going on in heaven on earth, I need to pay attention when he says, it is like. It's like this woman that was wearing this king out. Come on. We can bombard heaven with our prayers. 
God, your word says that my household will be saved. Your word says that I was healed at 2,000 years ago. Your word says that you are my provider. Your word says that I can have peace. Your word says that you'll be a banner over me. Your word says that no man will stand before me. Your word says everywhere the soles of my feet tread, I will be prosperous. Your word says that I'm the head and not the tail, and I'm tired of being wagged. God, I thank you. Come on. See, that's success wherever you go. That's swinging your sword. Sword. <laughs> Sword's just a sword. Till you use it, then it becomes a weapon. The weapon of our warfare is not carnal. And it's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to have to come out of your mouth. Listen, God's glorified in the fire. A whole Babylonian system was ran by Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they choose to be strong and courageous. Come on.